All right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It is LJ Talks Facts. We're here with the facts. Like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday afternoon. You know, I'm doing all right. I'm here to talk about my Brooklyn Nets being eliminated from the NBA playoffs last night. As they got swept by the Boston Celtics, they lost 116-112. to 112. There's a lot to break down right here. It's the really disappointing season for the Brooklyn Nets. It's tough. It really is, because going into the season, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Going into the season, I had a lot of expectations, and who wouldn't? I'm sure a lot of people who aren't even Net fans, who probably despise the Nets, probably expected them to go all the way. But they hit a lot of curbs, and this one they just couldn't get over. Or a lot of humps, you could say. They just couldn't get over the hump in this one. And it's a real shame. It's a lot of shit that went down this season, you know, with Kyrie missing a majority of the games. I believe he only played in 29 this year. Of course, more road games than home games because of the vaccine mandate. He has stated publicly that he's not vaccinated, and I, I doubt he'll ever get vaccinated. So, again, that's always a personal choice for somebody, so I'm not going to come on here and just rip Kyrie because of it because it is a personal choice. You want to get it fine. You don't want to get it. That's also fine. It's your choice. That's just your choice. You see, like, you know, how there's no problem there right there. You want to get it. That's fine. You don't. That's also fine. It all matters if you're a good human being. I only judge people if they're a good human being or not. Do I think Kyrie is? He does do a lot of stuff out of basketball. He does do a lot of stuff out of basketball. He seems like a really good person, you know. Everybody else can say he's selfish and all that stuff. Maybe it's because I like Kyrie, but, you know. Did it hurt us not having Kyrie on the court for majority of the games here? Absolutely, especially when KD went down and Kyrie only being able to play the road games until March 27th, you know. And, you know, we could have needed Kyrie at home for those games. And maybe James Harden would still be here. We probably wouldn't be talking right now. You know, and I have to be honest... I have to be honest. I think I got a reason with James Harden, though, when you think about it. I know it's I know it's hard for me to say because I've been ripping Harden like crazy for the last couple months. But we're not really like mostly on not like we're not really like on here, but like everybody else, like, oh fuck James Harden and all that and all that shit. But um Um, I have to reason with him though, because he wants to win. And with Kyrie not being able to play for the majority of the home games, and then when KD went down, that's not what Harden, he didn't come for this. He didn't come for this. And last year, last year the Brooklyn Nets were a real fun team. Even when KD was out for a little bit, and it was Kyrie and Harden, they played great. They played great together. Like when KD was out a couple times during the regular season, they played great together, Kyrie and Harden. They won a lot of games. They were a lot more fun than this year's team. You know, like, like I said, going into the season, I thought maybe, maybe Steve Nash would be a better head coach. And at first he was. He got off to a good start. Got a little bit better. But all right, maybe Nash is starting to find it a little bit as a head coach. Like, all right, this is good. This is what we need out of him right here. That's good. Didn't work out that way. Just didn't work out that way. They hit a lot of setbacks. And COVID got to them back in um back in December. A lot of guys were out. You know, Katie caught COVID. Who else? Um who else caught it? Oh my god, I'm trying to think like who else caught it. I think Bruce Brown caught it. 
I think Claxton may have as well. There's a lot of guys that caught it. Um, none of the rookies, though. None of the rookies caught it. Oh, my God. Who else caught it? Like, I'm trying to, like, think. I think Griffin may have caught it. I think the same for Aldridge, too. Just a lot of guys caught it. You know, but they pulled through. They seriously pulled through in a lot of games. Just were... Like, they were cruising from November to December. They cruised. Because, you know, October, they go off to a little bit of a slow start. They ended the month good. November, they played great. You know, they lost Joe Harris. We lost Joe Harris in November in OKC. But even after that, we were still playing good basketball. We missed Joe, absolutely. Missed him. Definitely missed him in this series. Worked about the rest of the season. Um, but, yeah, they cruised in November and December. They played great basketball. They were playing great. They looked a lot like last year's team. They were having fun. You know, you had some gritty players like Patty Mills and Blake Griffin. You know, they were playing gritty. And you love to see that. You absolutely love to see that. Well, then things started to fall down in January. Or things really looked up at first because Kyrie Irving got to play his first game on January 5th. They beat the Pacers. He looked good. We got to see the big three together on the road. And you start to be optimistic. Like, okay, maybe this mandate's going to end pretty soon. We got KD still here. Harden. Let's, let's roll now. Let's roll. But then KD went down on January 15th against the Pelicans. And he was out for two months. And that's where it started to go in the other direction. They even lost 11 games in a row. They lost 11 games on the road. Not on the road. On the road. Oh my God. In a row. In a row. Majority of them were on the road, though. A majority of them were definitely on the road, but 11 straight losses. A lot of games in there they should have won. There's a lot of games in there they should have won. Like, absolutely. You know, there, there really was. There was a lot of games they should have won there. There really, there really was. And it was tough. It was absolutely tough. And they did lose Allrich, too. He got hurt for a little while, you know. And they were playing too small, of course. It was just bad. And, of course, you know, when James Johnson was playing, he was fucking god-awful. Patty Mills was starting to fall apart. Because he was starting to carry a lot of the load. He was carrying a lot of the load. Because he's always been like a bench player. He's always been like a bench player. He wasn't used to carrying all that load. He just wasn't. So you could see him getting fatigued. Because of all the minutes he was playing. Because he's not used to it. And everything was just really falling apart. And then on uh, February 10th. That's where it all went down right there. The Brooklyn Nets made the trade with the Philadelphia 76ers, trading James Harden and Paul Millsap to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. At the time, you look at and say, we got Drummond, who's a real who's still a good center. At that time. Right now, I don't know if he is. You got a great rim protector in Drummond. He can bully people out there. That's great. Seth Curry. Underrated, Great three-point shooter. Ben Simmons, if he gets on the court, he could be dominant for the Nets because he'll be a number three. He won't be that number one or number two guy. 
he'll be that number three. So there's less pressure on him. But Ben Simmons never stepped on the court. It was back bothering him, and now it's all back to the mental aspect, you know. And listen, if he truly is dealing with mental health problems, I do hope he's doing okay. I really hope that he is. Because he is getting labeled soft. They call him the softest player in NBA history. You know, that's only going to make it worse. If he's really going through stuff. Because, I again, we don't know him personally, obviously. Like us, the fans. We don't know him personally. We're not on the team. We're not within organizations. We don't know the guy. But I do truly hope that he's doing okay. Because he's getting ripped like fucking crazy. He really is. He seriously, seriously is. He's getting ripped like fucking crazy. And I do feel bad for the guy. I really do. Because Ben Simmons is a really good defender. Don't get me wrong on that one. He is a really good defender. I think a lot of people know that. Really good defender. Just a really good defender. Offensively, great inside. We know he can't shoot. Does that change next season? We don't know if he's going to be on the team next season. We just don't know. We don't know. Because now they're saying like his stress levels are getting worse. That's why his back was hurting. And yeah, it is true. If you you know, if you do have a back problem and you start stressing out a lot more, it's gonna make your back worse. So yeah, we don't know if Simmons is gonna be on this team going forward. Because I believe he's under contract for two or three more years. You know, do I want to see him step on the court? Absolutely. I would love to see him on the court next season, opening night. That's what I want to see. I want to see Simmons play as a net. I don't want it to be a whole thing where he's here, but he never plays. I want to see him get back on the court. I know I used to give him a lot of shit in Philly. I just never liked him in Philly because he came off as very arrogant in Philly, especially when he fucking destroyed the nets back in the day. Um, but I truly hope that he's doing okay. You know, could he have played a big part for the nets here in the playoffs? Absolutely could have. Absolutely. He absolutely could have played a huge part for the Nets. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind. But it was just a whole lot of shit this season. After that trade, things... It took a while for the Nets to really build up that chemistry in a way. You know, because Drummond was playing fine for a while. Drummond got destroyed in the playoffs. He got bullied by Horford, got bullied by Tice only played three minutes last night we'll talk more about the playoffs we'll break down more of the regular season but Drummond was playing good being that rim protector we need a guy that can get those offensive rebounds for us in the paint get those defensive rebounds who's been struggling getting those rebounds we need a big guy like him and Seth Curry Seth Curry played great all season for the Nets in the two months he's been here and he's on a contract next season for just one more year so you gotta keep Curry you have to keep her. Even if Patty Mills does, if he doesn't opt out, which I don't think he will, you still need Curry. Because you have three shooters in Curry, Mills, and Harris. Even though Parmy thinks Joe Harris might get traded this offseason, but if you have those three guys and you have two of them coming off the bench, that's huge. That is huge. That's what the Nets need right there. Because Curry would be in the lineup. I would say have Harris and Mills come off the bench. That would be... Huge for next season. That's exactly what you need. Because those two guys are lethal 
three-point shooters coming off the bench. That would be huge for the Nets. It'd be huge. But the rest of the way, the regular season, like, you know, February, it seemed like things were going to get better if they beat the Kings and they beat the Knicks. Like, okay, now they're getting a winning streak. Like, here we go. But then, yeah, it just, they were too inconsistent. They had that huge win over Milwaukee, but then they got spanked by Toronto. But then in March, but once we hit March, they started to find it after they got beat by Boston on a Sunday afternoon. That's where they started to find it. They won four straight. They beat the Hornets. They beat, they beat the 76ers. That was a really good game. And they beat the Knicks, and then they beat the Magic. You could say, well, three out of four of those teams weren't playoff teams. Still teams, though. Got to get your win somehow. And that Philly win, that wasn't a close game. That was a statement win. They blew out Philly. I haven't seen the Nets blow out the Sixers like that in a long time. They blew them out. Sixers didn't have a shot. The Sixers didn't have a shot. It was insane. Probably one of the best games of the season. Not the best game this season. You know, then they had that tough loss to Dallas when they pulled through beating Portland. Got a statement win over Utah. It was a playoff team. They're one game away from elimination right now against Dallas. Um, you know, then they had that loss to Memphis where Kyrie and Katie, I believe they both had 40 pieces in that game. Um, and they still lost, which was shocking. John Morant didn't play that game either. You know, but then they had another statement win against Miami Heat. That was a, that was also another really good game. That really was. You know, then they lost the Horns, which was Kyrie Irving's home debut this season. They lost that game. Kyrie looked pretty lost. But then they beat Detroit, and it shouldn't have been a close game. But, they, you know, this team it was. They almost beat the Bucks at home, which would have been huge. And they lost in Atlanta, where Katie had 55 points. 55 points, and they lost. I mean, I mean, come on. I was at the Houston game where they won. They looked good. It was against Houston, but they won. Beat the Knicks the next night. Then they uh, beat the Cavs. That was, you know, because Cavs weren't a bad team this year. I felt bad they didn't make the playoffs because they were a good team starting off, but they, you know, injuries just hurt them. But they didn't stop trying. We bowed with them, we beat them, and then we beat the Pacers. You know, so we ended the season strong. Then we beat the Cavs in the playing game, so we played that game really good. We ended the season strong, but still, there was a lot of holes in this team, and it also falls under Steve Nash because he wasn't playing Blake Griffin. It's like, what the fuck? Why was he not playing? LaMarcus Aldridge was out for a while. He got hurt against Boston, but he was available on the 27th last month when they played Charlotte. That's when he was made available. And he only played in two games against the Rockets and against the Knicks. And granted, he looked lost. I think he had a minus 16 against the Knicks because the Knicks went on a 19-0 run. And he had a minus 16 Aldridge. He looked lost. You know, well, Nash should have fucking played in those other games. Get him out there, at least. Shake off the rust, because he was completely rusty. And I don't, I don't think Griffin played a lot during that stretch towards the end of the season. He didn't. I know he did play against Miami, but that was like, that was like in the fourth quarter, where they were really blowing them out. I don't think he played in any other games, though, Griffin. They just kept him on the bench. And then it comes down to this. It comes down to this. They signed Kessler Edwards to a regular NBA contract 
for him to only play and combine like what eight minutes in the playoffs. He played in game one, and he played in game two. Granted, he did not play good. He didn't play good at all. Doesn't play game three and game four. Here's a guy that really surprised me. I didn't like him at first, but Goran Dragic. Because at first with the Nets, he struggled. When he came over, he really struggled at first. But I think it was after they played Miami. They, well, it's the game that they lost at home. After that, Dragic really found it with the Nets. And Dragic was good here in the playoffs for the Nets. He was great coming off the bench. I really hope they do re-sign him. And I would like to hope they re-sign Griffin. I don't know if he's going to re-sign. If they're not being played for so long, why would you want to re-sign? What, this for the same thing can happen right there? Aldridge, I don't think, is re-signing. He hasn't played since March 6th. And he became available when well, not March 6th. Because I forgot he played those two games. April 6th, you could say, right there. Yeah, it was April 6th. He didn't even get to play in the playoffs. Aldridge didn't step on the court at all for the playoffs. He didn't step on the court at all for the playoffs, Aldridge. And this is a guy that could potentially be a future Hall of Famer. Same with Griffin. And Griffin didn't play the first two games. They could have needed him out there. They didn't play him until, like, what was it, late in the third quarter of game three? And he lit up a spark for the Nets. He was hitting threes. He was playing good defense. He's been always been a gritty ball player. And he played last night for a bit, too. And he was playing good. He didn't score any points. But he was playing good defensively, which the Nets needed. That's what they needed right there. You know, it also comes down to the Nets, you know, getting rid of DeAndre Bembry back, what was it, like in uh, January, February, no, it was February, it's February, because they needed the extra roster spot, so they had to cut Bembry. And Bembry was so good defensively, they could have needed a guy like him right now against Boston. You can't just throw out superstars, because Kyrie's not that great of a defender, and neither is KD. And Grant, those, guys, those two guys can't be guarded. As much other well, than KD having like 21 turnovers against Boston. They were just double teaming like crazy. And granted, Jason Tatum is a really good defender. You know. But those two guys really aren't good defensively. Curry's not that good defensively. He should not have been on Jason Tatum last night. I don't know what we're doing there. Like seriously, Bruce Brown is awesome. Bruce Brown is awesome. Drummond got destroyed this series. And, I mean, to be honest, KD really got destroyed, too. Last night was KD's best game. It was actually his best game. You know, but you break down all the games in this series. Game one was definitely the best. It was definitely the best. That game was awesome. It was just a back-and-forth. It was just a back-and-forth game. That's what it was. It was a, a back-and-forth game. And it was fun. Should the Nets have won? Absolutely, they should have won. They had a chance right there. They came all the way back against Celtics. They were down by double-digit points. I think it was almost like 20 points they were down by. It was very close. But they battled back in a great fourth quarter. KD hit a big shot. Kyrie was hitting shots like crazy. He had 39 points. It was that last possession that killed them. They were up by one. They had a chance to either go up by three or go up by four. I was just saying, you know, go for... Two points right here. But Kyrie forced the KD. Had to force up a three. He missed it. And then Boston doesn't call a timeout. And they got to give Ime Odoku a lot of credit. Because he was one of the assistant coaches last year for the Nets. They should have never let him go. Because he outcoached Nash like crazy. Nash did nothing in this series 
to outcoach Udoko. He couldn't outcoach him at all. Udoko outcoached Nash this whole series. Nash had no answer. But on that last possession, on that last possession right there, where Boston doesn't call a timeout, I was kind of shocked they didn't. They moved the ball down the court. The Nets fell for the bait. I think it was uh, Brown and Kurt. No, no, I think it was Brown and Kyrie that tried to jump on Marcus Smart, who looked like he was going to shoot three, but he faked them out. I'm like, you think Marcus Smart's taking that last shot? Bait him into it. Jason Tatum wide open. It's a wide open layup, and the Celtics win game one. I couldn't believe it. I seriously couldn't believe it. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And it hurt. It absolutely hurt. But I was like, all right, you know what? I got over pretty quickly. Move on to game two. Just steal game two. We'll be okay. And game two, the Nets got off to an amazing start. I think Bruce Brown had like 12 points in the first couple minutes. He went off. He struggled in game one, but game two to game four, Bruce Brown was one of our best players, if not the best player. I think he was. I think I think Bruce Brown was definitely our best player from game two to game four. He was doing it all. And this guy is going to want to get paid in the offseason. You lose him, man, that, that's trouble. You don't want to lose Bruce. That's one of like your last role players that you want to lose. You don't want to lose him at all. You just don't. I can't even say he's a role player. He's a starter. He's a starter. And he's a damn good starter. He was going off in game two. The defense looked good as well. But then once the second half, I think they were up by like eight or ten points going into the half. I'm like, all right, let's go here right here. Let's keep on going. And the second half was bad. The Celtics bounced back in the third quarter. The Nets were able to exit the third quarter with a five-point lead. I don't know, was it three? I think it was a two or three-point lead. It might be wrong on that one. But um, it's a lead nonetheless. I'm like, all right, well, fourth quarter, let's shut this game down. Curry hit a nice shot to start off the fourth quarter. And after that, the Nets could not score for the next few minutes. KD couldn't hit anything. Kyrie couldn't hit anything. Nobody could hit anything. And they fell apart. They absolutely fell apart in that in that fourth quarter. They fell apart. They had no answer. No answer at all. And they wound up falling two games to nothing. I'm thinking Nash has to make adjustments, but he's not doing it. We didn't see Griffin. We didn't see Allridge. We didn't even see, like, Sharp out there at all. Claxton killed us this whole series. I mean, he killed us with free throws. I think what was like, four for 20-something in this series. He went one for 11 last night. He hits at least a few of those free throws. The Nets win. We wouldn't be talking right now. The Nets win this. They, not win the series. They win the game. They win the game last night. Claxton completely killed us with free throws. And he's a free agent too. You got to resign him though. You got to resign him. He's a really good defender. And offensively, he is a beast down low. But he's got to get better with his free throws. Somebody has to teach him. Somebody's got to help him. He's still young. He's 22. You got to help him. Somebody's got to help Claxton with his free throws. Somebody just has to help him. But then, you know, we come back here to Brooklyn for game three. I'm like, all right, we're home right here. Let's just, I, I said Nets in six. Let's prove people wrong right here. Let's get it going. They got off to a good start in game three. I'm like, all right, here we go. That's what we need. 
let's keep it going. But then right after they got off, they got off to that great start, the Celtics ran away with the game. For a time, they did. The Nets bounced back in the third quarter because, oh, wait, they brought in Blake Griffin. He lit up a spark for the Nets. I remember Patty Mills, hit a, he, he hit a huge three, got us within one. And Patty Mills had a good series. Patty Mills played really good towards the end of the season. I mean, a lot of people gave him shit because he struggled a lot. And believe me, I did too. But he found it towards the end of the season. He absolutely found it. And he was great in the playoffs. He was great. He was great. He was great for us in the playoffs, Patty. He did everything he could. He can't do everything. But he was hitting his shots. He was hitting his shots. Got us within one point, but then Boston just completely took control. Every time the Nets tried to bounce back, Boston always had an answer. When Griffin got us within four points, Jalen Brown said, uh-uh. That's what he said. And they just ran away with it, and they wound up winning. And now we're down three games to none. And, you know, no team has ever come back down three games to none in a uh, in a series in the NBA. And the Toronto Raptors might be the first team to do it because they were down 3-0. Now they're down 3-2 to against Philly. So I did say Raptors in seven. So who knows? That very much could happen. It very much could happen. We don't know right now. We'll see, though. It'd be funny. But we'll definitely see. But now you're going to game four last night. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can, saying, you know what? Maybe we could pull this off. You know... They ran with the same lineup, though. They ran with the same lineup. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe maybe something could happen right here. Because you know you know damn well Boston does not want to play game five. So maybe we get some momentum. Because that's the last thing that Boston wanted to do was give us any type of momentum. I'm sure they were thinking that. They're thinking, we got to end this series now. You don't want to give a team like this any kind of momentum because then come game five, they could be unstoppable. That's how some teams get right there. Look at the Raptors right now. Look how they played last night. They held Philadelphia to 88 points. 88. I mean, come on. I'm just saying, if the Raptors come all the way back, that's that'll be insane. That'll be absolutely insane. We'll see what happens, though. But, um... But you had to know Boston's like, you know, we can't give these guys any momentum. And, you know, you look at how the Nets were playing in the first half. They were down by eight points going into the half. It's like, I mean, all right, we're still we're still in this game. We're still in this game, you know. The Nets had signs of life, but then Boston just kept fighting back. They always had an answer. The Nets never led in game four last night. They never had a lead. Never had a lead. Didn't lead at all last night. They kept fighting back. They kept on fighting back. They were hitting some big shots in the fourth quarter after being down by 12 in the third quarter. You know, KD was hitting his shots. Kyrie hit a really big three. Barkley Center was going crazy. It's like, okay, maybe we have a chance to really, you know, really surprise people here. If we win this game, we got something. And then Jason Tatum fouled out. They were like almost like, I think, with like three minutes to go. That's huge. Because now he's, he's off the court. Because Jason Tatum killed us this whole series. Other than game two, he struggled. The other games, he killed us. I'll give him credit. He's a hell of a ball player. He really is. Pisses me off. Because of what he did in this series, you know, I feel like he does 
I feel like he does flop around a little bit and get his way, but offensively, he's a lethal ball player. And you know what? Defensively, he is too. He's a two-way guy right there. He's great. He's phenomenal. He's one of the best players in the NBA right now. He'll be in that top 75 in the future. Give him like 10, 15... Well, I won't say 10, 15. I'll say like 10 years, he will be. He very much will be. You know, because he's a hell of a ball player. And I saw a lot of greatness in Tatum in that series against the Cavs back in 2018. Especially when he dunked on LeBron. I was like, holy shit, this kid's 18, 19 years old. Just dunked on LeBron in the conference finals. I was like, what the fuck? And they almost won that game too, which I was actually rooting for them too. But that's a story for another day. After he fouled out though, I was like, okay, we have a chance right here. I think we were down by three or two when he fouled out. I'm like, oh my God, we actually have a shot. I wasn't going crazy on Twitter. I'm like, all right, let's take advantage. I wasn't going like, fuck you, Tatum. Even though I wanted to, but, you know, I was like, all right, you know what? Take advantage. Take advantage. Don't let this slip now. But they definitely did let it slip. What really killed us in the end right here, we're down by two. I forgot who was it. Was it KD that missed the shot right here? We're down by two. And then Boston went all the way down the court. And Smart went for a layup, and he missed, and nobody grabs the rebound. There were three guys right there, and Al Horford grabs it and puts it in. If anybody grabs that rebound, you call timeout. You do whatever right there. You go for the tire. You go for the lead and the win. But nobody grabs that rebound. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then KD tried to shoot a three out of the timeout. He missed. That was it. That was it. And it stunned. It really, really stunned last night. Because we had a chance. Even after Tatum fouled out. Barkley Center felt the energy shift. Like, you felt that energy shift right there when Tatum got fouled out. Because that's their closer. Jason Tatum is their closer. You take him out right there, you put pressure on Jalen Brown's shoulders. And Jalen Brown is great as well. He's not at Tatum's level, but he's a great offensive player and he's a great defensive player. But he's not at Tatum's level, is what I'm trying to say. He's not a closer. Tatum is. The Nets couldn't take advantage, and it stunned last night. It seriously did, but a lot of people need to be held accountable. A lot of people need to be held accountable. You know, even though I don't want to trash, you know, guys like Katie and Kyrie, but they need to be held accountable. Because Katie, with all the turnovers in this series, had 21 in four games. And granted, I know he's getting double teamed. I know he's getting double teamed, but all the greats, they figure out a way. They figure it out. KD didn't figure it out till last night. He had a couple turnovers last night, but last night was the best he looked in this series. He looked great. He looked great. Kyrie looked very disengaged at times. He showed signs of life at times. When he hit that big three, I think that guy was within like two or three points. And it was a big shot too. It wasn't no like easy three. It was a it was a downtown three. It was a downtown shot. I'm like, okay, let's see what we can do. But he looked very disengaged last night. His best game was obviously game one. After that, he just disappeared. He disappeared. I mean, last night was definitely his second best game, I would say. But a lot of it does fall on Steve Nash as well for not playing Blake Griffin till game three, not playing LaMarcus Aldridge at all. His stupid-ass adjustments. He finally made adjustments in Game 3. It was too little too late. He actually made early adjustments 
last night's game. In last night's game, he made some early adjustments. I'm like, oh, wow. Now he's making adjustments early. I'm not saying you're going to do that every game in the regular season. But in the playoffs, you've got to be ready to make those early adjustments. You just have to be. But not playing two potential future Hall of Famers in Blake Griffin till game three. And not playing LaMarcus Aldridge at all. That's a fireable offense. That's a fireable offense right there. And Aldridge, he's not coming back. He's not going to resign. When Aldridge was playing before he went down on March 6th, because he did come back after he went down, I believe it was against, um, who did he get hurt against? I think he got hurt against uh, Golden State in late January. Came back, I think, mid-February. Was playing fine. Got hurt against Boston. And he only played in two games after. He was available March 27th. We didn't see him until April 5th. I was at that game. He looked lost because he was rusty. He had to play him. Should have played him against Charlotte. Just throw him out there for a few minutes. And like I said, he had that minus 16 against the Knicks the next night after the win against Houston. Just looked lost. He just looked completely lost like a deer in headlights. He's not coming back. Why would he just stay on the bench? He's not coming back. He'll go somewhere else. He'll go to a contending team. He'll go to a team like, um, he'll go to Milwaukee next season. Or maybe he'll go to Boston. Or anybody else that's in the playoffs. He'll go there. He might go to Phoenix. And he'll go to any other team. He'll go to any other team that's competing right now. He can go to the Pelicans. Because look at them right now. They're tied up with Phoenix. And granted, Devin Booker's out. But the Pelicans are taking advantage. And that's huge. If they beat the Suns, which is very possible, that would be insane. It absolutely would be. But Aldridge is going to walk. Griffin's not coming back. After getting benched till game three, he's not coming back. He wants to win. He wants to win. He's still got it. And Aldridge, you know, believe it or not, he still has it too. Dragic could come back. He very much could come back, but Nash held out on playing him late in the second game, which killed us. And who else is a free agent? Claxton, you know... I don't know what his value really is right now to other teams because they know that he can't shoot free throws. Great defender, and he's great down low. I think the Nets will be able to re-sign him. I don't know how for how long, though. We'll definitely wait and see. We know Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp will be here. I think Tess Edwards needs to sign another contract to still be here, which I believe they will sign him to. I think Edwards will develop into a really good ball player. Same with Cam and Sharp. That's another thing. Cam Thomas didn't play in all this playoffs. Cam Thomas was really good out there for the Nets this season. Had his struggles at times, but he had some pretty big shots for the Nets. He's got a weird kind of jump shot, but he hits those shots. Especially when he hit that shot against the Knicks near the logo. I'm like, how the hell did he make that shot? That's like Curry range. And he made it. Hit a game winner against San Antonio as well back at home in uh, in January. This kid's good. And you know, Drummond's a free agent, but Drummond really struggled towards the end. He got bodied in the playoffs. He got destroyed by Boston. You know what I would do? If I could, you know, make the decision right here, and Bruce Brown as well, if I could make the decision what I think the Nets should do, 
you obviously paid Bruce big because he deserves it. He absolutely deserves the way that he's played these two seasons here in Brooklyn. He absolutely deserves it. You lose him, they're a bunch of fools. I want to re-sign Griffin. You know, I'd like to re-sign Aldridge, but I don't think he legitimately, if I'm Aldridge, I would not re-sign after getting benched the whole playoffs, and he's a future Hall of Famer potentially. If I'm him, I say no. Would I like to? In my own world right here, yes, I re-sign Aldridge and I re-sign and I re-sign Dragic. You know, of course, you re-sign Clax as well. I would not re-sign Drummond. That might sound a little bit crazy, but I wouldn't. After the way he was getting bodied by Boston, yeah, take a walk. So then, who could you get at center? You have options. I would have Clax to be the starting center, or, or you trade for Miles Turner, but now he's got his injury problems now. Do you take a chance on him? That's a risk. That's a risk. When centers start getting hurt, I mean, I don't know. Personally, what I would do, I would have Claxton at center and have Sharp come off the bench. Or you could have Sharp and Claxton compete for that center role. Because Dayron Sharp is going to be a bully in the NBA. Because I think he had like 25 rebounds in two games with the Long Island Nets. Back-to-back games, he had like 25 rebounds. 50 rebounds in two games. Two. Not like four or five. Two games. That's that's like unheard of almost. He's not a G League ball player. He doesn't deserve to be in the G League. He deserves to be up here and playing ball. And when he was playing with the Nets, he gets, he gets in a little bit of foul trouble. But he's a beast. This kid's a beast. So I have him and Clax to compete for that center spot. And you can say with Kyrie, I would not give Kyrie a max contract. I'd give him a one-year deal. I'd give him a one-year deal. If he, if he only, only if he opts out. If he doesn't, well, he's got one year left on his deal anyway. So if he doesn't opt out, okay, fine. Okay, fine. I don't think he will, though. I don't think he will. So, and I don't think Patty will either. So I think they'll be fine right there. Katie's locked up for the rest of his career with the Nets. Simmons, I believe, has like two or three years left. Curry's got one year left. So you look at my, how I want the Nets live to be going the next season. All right, so here we go. I want it to be Kyrie, Curry, Katie, Simmons, and for right now, I will say Claxton because he's got more of the experience than Sharp does. And Claxton has been in the playoffs back-to-back years, so he's got that experience over Sharp. So that's what I want. Unless if Sharp really goes off in the preseason because you need to have those two guys compete. You need to have those two guys compete for that spot. And maybe Sharp out-competes him. Then if he does, then you throw in Sharp. And you look at the Nets bench. Patty Mills, Goran Dragic, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin. I, I don't think Ulrich will resign. I think that's unrealistic for say say that Ulrich will resign. So fine, you let Ulrich walk. So you look back at the bench. Okay, so Mills, Harris, Mills, Harris, Dragic, Mills, Harris, Dragic. 
Blake Griffin, Cam Thomas, and Kessler Edwards. So there you go. There you go right there. You really have Cam and Kessler compete for that 10th spot. That's what I would do. And also, we have Bruce Brown as well. You're going to you're gonna have to let somebody walk. Ah, oh, shit. So, you know, you think about that now. Now, you look at the bench again. If somebody's going to walk then, yeah, because then I'm not going to have room. All right, fine. You know what? I'll let, I'll let Drogic walk then. I'll let Drogic walk. Or say if Patty opts out, then you bring back Drogic. But then, yeah, realistically, then fine. Drogic, you let him walk then. Or trade Harris, whatever. You need Bruce Brown out there. Okay, so the bench is hard. The lineup, to me, to me, it's really not, you know, Kyrie, Curry, Katie, Simmons, and then Sharper, Claxton. It's a damn good lineup. It's a damn good lineup. But do you know that's it comes back to it comes back to that though. You're gonna have Bruce off the bench. He's gonna get paid big. He's gonna want to be out there. So yeah, it's that's what it comes down to. See how it's, it's tough right there. It's the reason why I'm not the GM. <sighs> See how hard that becomes right there? It really does. It's going to be a wacky offseason for the Nets. It really is. It's going to be wacky. We'll see how it all plays out, though. We'll see how it all plays out. I still think Steve Nash should not be here as the head coach next season. They need to move on. They need to move on. You know who I want, though? I know he hasn't coached since 2007. I want Jeff Van Gundy. I know it sounds crazy, but the guy knows the game. The guy knows the game. He's never won an NBA title as a head coach. He's been to the NBA Finals, but he's a damn good head coach. And I don't want to hear, oh, Katie and Kyrie don't want to be coached. Oh, well, too bad. Suck it up. They need a real head coach. That's why they should have never got rid of Kenny Atkinson. Never should have happened. Should have kept Kenny. They should have kept Kenny. Should have never let him go. Should have never let him go at all. But they should have given they should have given uh, Udoko the spot instead of Nash. That's what they should have done last year. That's what they should have done. But knowing this team right here, if they would have let Nash go, they probably would hire Stoudemire as the head coach, which would be stupid. That would be stupid. People would say, what about Mike D'Antoni? Mike D'Antoni's all about offense. He's not a good defensive coach. You're going to need somebody... Both ways. Dan Antonio. Dan Tony. Oh, wow. Mike Dan Tony's only good for offense. He's not good for defense. Udoko, both sides right there offense and defense. Stoudemire, he's never coached. So, why would you want to do that for? I'd say go get Van Gundy. Or you know what? Go get Mark Jackson. Get a real legitimate head coach. They need a head coach, the Nets. That's what they need. That's what they need right here. Frank Vogel, he's available. The guy's a real head coach. The guy's a real head coach, so go get him. I'll take him. Look how Jason Kidd's developed right now. You can say, well, he's a former player, but here's the thing. He made his mistake by becoming a head coach so fast. Uh, that's actually the Nets' mistake. So now they made two mistakes right there. Hiring a guy that's never coached. Steve Nash was in the Warriors organization, but he didn't coach. He wasn't an assistant coach to Steve Kerr. That's different. Then Nash would probably know a bit more about coaching, but he doesn't. He just doesn't. 
you gotta go out and get somebody who knows the game, who knows how to coach. Not somebody who was just, oh, big star back in the day. Like, no. Just no. That's why I feel like if they were given a Nash, Stoudemire would take over them. That's just what I feel. And Jock Vaughn's basically like a Band-Aid. That doesn't do much. Nothing against him at all. That does nothing. I mean, yeah, he's coached. He's coached. He's been in the Nets organization for a while. Okay. But, I mean, when Nash went into health and safety protocols, Vaughn was like, what, 0-4? 0-3 or 0-4? He wouldn't do much. He just wouldn't. I don't think he would. So, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be somebody else out there. I just don't know, though. I just don't know. But you know what, guys? It's the end of this episode right here. We'll see what happens next season. We're going on to next season right here. We'll definitely talk a lot about the Nets in the offseason. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do. Hopefully they can bring back Bruce Brown. You know, I mean, realistically, you bring back Bruce, you might not be able to bring back Drogic. So I think Aldridge is just going to walk anyway. Griffin, I'd like to hope he does come back. That's still an option, but it's it slipped away when Nash wasn't playing him. Especially how Aldridge didn't play either. Why would he want to come back and just waste more time? It, 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 he's not going to waste his time. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. We'll see. We'll see how this offseason goes. Just, I wouldn't run it back with Nash. You could run it back with a lot of these guys on the team. But you can't have Nash as the head coach. You just can't. You just can't. We'll see, though, guys. We'll definitely see. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I'll definitely be making my round two predictions next week. Because round one's almost over. And, of course, on Sunday, it'll be my first round predictions for the 2022 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday with my AEW Dynamite review. We'll definitely talk about the Islanders as well. That most likely will be on trying to think what day we could talk about the Islanders. We can also talk about them on Sunday. We'll do like a two-part episode like the Islanders. Like the same episode, the Islanders and my predictions for the, uh, the Stanley Cup. You know, Stanley Cup playoffs for the first round. We could do that. We could definitely do that then. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday to review Dynamite. Talk to you then, guys.